Our young men are taught that weakness is strength, that delicacy is desirable, and that being a soft metrosexual is more valuable than training the mind, body, and soul. Social media has weakened us, siphoning our men of their will to fight, to rise in a noble manner, square their jaws, and charge once more into the breach of life to defend what they love. So on this precipice of disaster, I ask the young men of this nation a question. Will you sit behind a screen while the storied tales of your forefathers become myth? Or will you stand resolute against the dying light of America's golden age? Will you reclaim your masculinity? Will you become a man to be feared, to be respected, to be looked up to? Or will you let this nation's next generation be its final generation? Wise words from our spiritual co-host, Madison Cawthorn, as he prepares to end his congressional career covered in glory. He took some time to speak some harsh truths on the floor of the United States House. Thank you, Representative Cawthorn. You have served with honor. We look up to you mentally, spiritually, and physically. We admire you. And the story tales of our forefathers will not become myths as long as your name is upon our lips. Madison Cawthorn, your name hangs succulent upon my lips. Madison Cawthorn. Say it with me, John. Madison Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn. This is a Madison Cawthorn ASMR fan podcast. We want to keep his name upon our lips so that the story tales of our forefathers never receive. Madison Cawthorn. Representative Madison Cawthorn. A true, dangerous, respectable man. A dangerous man. A non-metrosexual. Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn. And now I'm going to scrape my microphone. Madison Cawthorn. And John is wiping his beard bristle on his microphone. Mm-hmm. You can hear that now. John Madison Cawthorn. Because he is a tough man. Madison Cawthorn. And now I'm going to very quietly play my slide whistle. Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, that was very manly sounding. That slide whistle. <laughs> it's like Gabriel's trumpet, right? Yeah. I'm I'm bringing down the walls of Jericho. I think it was Jericho was the um city that that um Yeah. What's Isn't that right? Gabriel blew his trumpet and um the walls of Jericho came a tumbling down. That's basically Madison Cawthorn's career in a nutshell. Okay, anyway, my name is um Oh, I can't even remember my name. I'm so lost in my in When did metrosexual hmm? peak? The oh, term like, metrosexual. Like 20 years ago. Right? Yeah, Madison Cawthorn was bringing out some old terms. Yeah. He, she might as well have said fop or dandy, metrosexual. Yeah, dandy. I mean, when that word was – he was in preschool when that word was coined, I think. Seriously. Right? Yeah, maybe, that, maybe it was a formative – formative time for him. Maybe it was the first multisyllabic word he ever heard and it stuck with him. Seriously, when it was like around 2000, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I just remember the New York Times wrote a bunch of articles about metrosexuals and like who are they? What do they want? What restaurants do they eat at? I always do think people are a little too too fancy with their coffee. But those are my own issues. Yeah. All right, let's start the episode. The name of the podcast is Election Profit Makers. 
My name is Kid Midas, the original uh, Wave Rider, and I'm joined by John. Hi. <clears throat> Hi. Thanks to everyone who came to our meetup at um, Steel String Brewery in Carborough. And thanks especially to Andrew of Steel String Brewery for hosting. It was a lot of fun. I do want to reiterate for the record, per a conversation I had with some listeners, that no, I do not believe in ghosts. And I actually will take it one step further. I don't believe in people who believe in ghosts. Hmm. So if you believe in ghosts, I don't believe you exist. How do you like that? Uh, I think that I must've gotten separated from you and that this ghost conversation happened on another side of the bar. I hate that I was not a part of that. I would have loved to have been a part of that as someone who at one time was ghost curious, but definitely no longer believes in ghosts either. Okay. So you're a ghost, you're a former ghost curious. Yeah. I mean, in terms of ghost as in like spiritual beings, I believe in like weird energy causing things. I think most of it's just people's delusions and stuff like that. I also want to state for the record that anything I said towards the end of the evening related to gossip about North Carolina bands needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Looking back on it, I'm not sure I was conveying accurate information. Was so this about the We're not going to mention the band. We're just, just keep it moving. But again, thanks to everyone who came. Yes. All right. Much to discuss, John. Much to discuss and prayerfully consider. Before we get to the biggest story of the decade, which is something called the Twitter files, let's talk about this damn Georgia election, which is always like perpetually Ugh. in the future. But guess what? By the time you're li- we're recording this on a Monday, by the time you listen to this podcast on Tuesday, election day will finally have come to Georgia. For the ninth time in two years, Georgians are headed to the polls to elect somebody to represent them in the Senate. And when we go to our predicted portfolios, John, yes, I have some news. Last night, I got so impatient, I sold all my shares save one in Raphael Warnock because he is currently trading at 90 cents. I kept one share, one foot in the, dro- in the door, as you taught me, in case I want to jump back into the market. Okay. But uh, yeah, I am basically out of that market. Uh, I have some news as well. Last night. I did the same thing. <gasps> you did? Yeah. I think I might have cashed out. I tried to cash out at 90, but I think there were like 14,000 shares ahead of me. And I was just like, nah, it's not worth it. So I cashed out at 89. Oh, actually, you know what? I think I cashed out at 89 too. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Yeah. You're supposed to sell at 90. So what's going to happen, John? Who's going to be the damn senator for this damn state of Georgia? It's going to be Warnock. I think everyone has moved it to lean dim at this point, all the handicappers. 1.8 million people have already early voted. Uh, and, it, you know, the, the data people think that Herschel Walker will need to, to take about 60% of the vote on election day, which is four points more than he had to back a month ago. So that's a pretty big hurdle uh, if that is the case. And I, I don't really see any incentive for them to want to do that. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Okay. I did have some shares in it being the closest race just as a hedge. I think probably the better hedge would be to go into the market for how many GOP senators uh, will there be after the midterms. And you can buy 50, which would be the case if Walker were to win for seven cents right now. 
Are you hedging with that seven cent position? So, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to hedge. Just, just to. Um, I mean, I don't really need to hedge right now because I'm out. Right. But if I were to jump back in and say, yeah, I'm going to try to, you know, ride it from ninety to a to a dollar, that would be the place to hedge. Okay. But I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be five, six points. You know, when you say hedge, it reminds me of that Led Zeppelin song where he says, "If there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just the." flapping of the may may queen do you know what i'm talking about stairway to heaven when i think of hedges and georgia georgia yeah we're talking about georgia uh-huh and hedges is georgia famous for its hedges oh yes the university of georgia is very famous for the stadium sanford stadium is where they play the n- number one georgia bulldogs and it's called playing between the hedges because they have hedges all around the field. So if Led Zeppelin was writing a song about University of Georgia, they would say, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a Georgia football player who fell into one of the hedges in the end zone. Like that, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Now, here's a stat. Here's an interesting <clears throat> thing. I remember when I first learned about Between the Hedges, I think uh, my um, my roommate in college was from Athens, and he was telling me about that. And I was like, oh, that's not impressive. You know, We have hedges at Keenan Stadium in Chapel Hill, too. And he's like, no, but we're famous for them. But then I looked it up, and Samford Stadium is actually designed by the same architect that first designed Keenan Stadium. It's a Chapel Hill architect. Huh. So the hedges were actually first in Chapel Hill. So it's a motif that this architect utilized, hedges in stadiums. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he did it in other places, um, but he definitely did it at Georgia. Uh, but Mac Brown took the hedges out, and we now have artificial turf and whatever. Wow, Mac Brown, the Melania Trump of college football re landscaping, huh? Was that good? Tie it back to politics. Yeah, that was good. So, John, once this Georgia election is over, is this the last election that will ever be unpredicted? Is this it? Not the final market. There are other markets that are out there, but is this the last American election that will resolve before predict its assumed demise in February? Yes. So this is a historic moment. It's the end. It's the end of an era. I mean, I guess you know you could have who will be the next speaker in 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 the next. Yeah, but I'm talking about like a proper election, go to the polls type of election. I think this is it. How appropriate that Georgia which loves having elections more than any other state, will be the final election to be traded upon, unpredicted. Maybe. Maybe. John, pains me to say this, but what are the Twitter files? The Twitter files Twitter is... files are people who love Twitter, like John. Right. Get it? Yeah. Twitter files? Sorry, I guess Go the ahead. Twitter files is Explain a... Explain this shit to me. Investigative... Coup. Coup. Masterpiece. Yes, which uh, was put out by Matt Taibbi. He was given access, uh, journalist uh, Matt Taibbi, also an author, podcast guy. I think you used to be friends with him. Yep. Back, wrote back the forward the to the wrote the forward to the Get Your War On collection that came out at the end of my career as a political cartoonist. And I yeah. designed and illustrated one of his books. That's right. I remember that. And you designed the cover of his book. And then when you submitted it to Amazon, they denied it because they thought it was a joke. Exactly. Yep. They my, proudest, <laughs> my proudest feat as a graphic designer. Correct. Uh, was given access to these internal Twitter files by the current owner, 
of Twitter, Elon Musk, and he went through them and, you know, basically reported on the internal workings of how they handled the Hunter Biden story, which came out before the 2020 election. And how devastating is this for the First Amendment and um, the Democratic Party? On a scale for a scale of one to a hundred explosions, it's very high. Apparently, uh-huh. uh huh. No, I don't. I don't think really think there's anything there. I I did think the story was sort of interesting. I thought it was interesting to read all those internal files and sure. to see to see how they did handle that Hunter Biden story. What is the deal with this Hunter Biden laptop? This is a story I've never really gone all the way down the rabbit hole. So he his laptop wound up at a computer repair store, and then the technician was like, "I can't fix this laptop. I need to give it to a computer repair specialist, Rudy Giuliani." Right. And then Rudy Giuliani ended up with the laptop, and then they opened it up and saw a bunch of dick pics of Hunter Biden that he sent to his paramours. Yeah. What, wh- Although they claim that isn't what the big story was. The big story was all of this, uh, you know, uh, business dealings in uh, Ukraine that uh, Hunter Biden was involved with okay, and that somehow Joe Biden was involved with that as well. It was all leaked to the New York Post and the New York Post ended up publishing a story about it. No one else wanted to publish a story about it, but the New York Post took it. Why wouldn't they publish a story about it? Why wouldn't the others? Yeah. I think that they were under the impression that this was some sort of foreign operation um, from the Russians because there had been reports that Things like that were going to happen and the Russians were going to interfere again and to try to put out all this uh, misinformation. Were they afraid that the Russians literally stole Hunter Biden's laptop or that they infected the laptop with fake documents and penis pictures? I don't know. Okay. I don't know whether they had hacked it themselves. But I mean, it had all the hallmarks of, you know, Russian Assange WikiLinks stunt of like 2016, you know? And so- Twitter has a policy of suppressing hacked material. So it had all the hallmarks of a hack. That's like a terms of service thing. Twitter yeah. will not promote stuff that has been gained via hacking. That's right. So they were trying to be responsible. And so they you know, decided to invoke this policy. Think of this in the context of 2016, right? Uh, and they were trying to see if they could find out more about whether it was hacked material or not. And- the Republicans were like obviously frustrated with that because they were like, who cares if it's hacked or not? This is going to help us. We want this out there. Now they're very frustrated about it, obviously. Whether Twitter did the right thing or not, I think in hindsight, you could say uh, maybe they shouldn't have s- suppressed it. But I, I just think in, in, in everything that we know uh, about what happened in 2016, they did. And when they say Twitter suppressed the story, what does that mean? They blocked links, any links to the New York Post, or they put um, a message under it that this was um, of questionable origin and you know it's unclear if this is true or not. Okay. This lasted for all of two days. And then I think they stopped blocking after two days. And John, what's the deal with the Biden administration or not the Biden administration? Because obviously they were not yet in power because this happened before Biden was president. What's the deal with the Biden organization, the Biden team, the Biden cabal, the Biden coven? 
campaign. Yeah. Sending uh, sending links to tweets they wanted taken down. Well, the, the Biden campaign had been aware and had searched and had found uh, pictures of Hunter Biden naked on Twitter. And Twitter's terms of service uh, is specifically against revenge porn. So they were saying, here, these should clearly not be on your platform. Please take these down. Okay. So that's another that's another terms of service violation the Biden administration flagged and Twitter was supposed to take down. Yes. Yes. Because these were nudes of Hunter Biden that somebody got off his laptop that were now being posted without Hunter Biden's consent, right? Like a leaked right. sex tape or something. That's, that's not right. part of a Kardashian public media strategy. Yeah, and I'm sure it wasn't good for the Biden campaign either to have those things out there, but it was but but it but it was against Twitter's terms of service. So what's uh, what? So what are Elon Musk and Glenn Greenwald and Matt Taibbi? So I just don't. I mean, they're upset. So what's that, the what's the big? This, why is this the first? Why is this the biggest First Amendment violation of all time? Like, what's the deal? It, it's not a First Amendment. It, you, could, you could say it's a, a free freedom of speech, uh, the, an ideal freedom of speech issue. But it's not a First Amendment issue in terms of freedom of speech uh, to be protected uh, from the government. Uh, specifically, that the Biden campaign wasn't even a part of the government, and that the Trump campaign was uh, the Trump administration was they he was president at that point, and they were also sending in these requests to take things down as well. Well, that's not interesting to me. I don't want to hear about that. Okay, all right. The, they don't either. Apparently, I want to hear about Hunter Biden's laptop. And how this proved that there's a crisis of freedom of speech in this country when power, when powerful, unaccountable elites are allowed to dictate the terms of the di- dissemination of public news. And no, I'm not talking about how Matt Taibbi said that in order to get this scoop, he had to agree to certain secret conditions from Elon Musk. I'm not interested in that either, because that's a normal thing, too. To let your source dictate the terms of what you're allowed to say, and then you as a journalist not revealing what those terms are. But I'm not interested in that example of an unaccountable elite holding, dictating the terms of the dissemination of information. I'm interested in the Biden cabal, coven, right, druid circle jerk, okay, telling Twitter, take down these things that we don't like. They violate your terms of service, but in spite of that, we also like, this is what I don't understand. Elon Musk and Glenn Green, like, and Matt, in an ideal world, what would have happened? Twi- Twitter would have no terms of, like. Right, right. This I is think just like with an, Trump in, and the COVID stuff and, the, and fomenting and insurrection. So in an ideal world, should Twitter not have terms of service? And I right. can post as much revenge porn as I want? or You know, Twitter had this firewall between uh, bet- between their content uh, moderation people and their executives, and they were trying to keep a firewall between them, which I think is a good thing. Uh, right. But then Taibbi said it was a, made it sound like it was a huge scandal that Jack Dorsey, who was then running Twitter, didn't even know about this stuff for days and days. Right. And it's he, like, so what do you want? Do you want there to not be a firewall? Do you want I the know. CEO personally invested like Elon Musk currently is and whether things are banned or unbanned? Exactly. If they don't want a firewall, then that is currently what they have. There is no firewall and you have a CEO that is dictating who gets on and who gets off and, you know, making their own uh, terms. I mean, you know, Kanye West was allowed back on. Uh, 
Body and that went on. well. <laughs> and yeah, that went, that did not go well. He was on for about a week and then, um, and then Elon Musk suspended him again, uh, because he broke the terms of service because he said he was inciting violence. And I honestly don't think he was. I mean, he did post some pictures of like a swastika and the star of David, which is gross. And that in and of itself. That's, you have to admit that's the ultimate version of the coexist bumper sticker. <laughs> like that, that takes that coexist bumper sticker to the very right. next level. Right. So, a swastika inside a star of David. So, so Elon suspends him. Meanwhile, there's much grosser stuff out there that people aren't being suspended for. He, he suspended this guy because he embarrassed Twitter him. let the, the publisher of the Daily Stormer come back on. Like, yeah. what's going – yeah. Yeah. So um, – I don't know, but maybe that's what aboutism on our part. Yeah, maybe, but I still don't understand what, what, what in a just world, what do these guys? What would it? What should Twitter have done? Twitter should not have suppressed the story at all. They should not have a. They should not have had a corporate policy about potential republication of misinformation or stolen or hacked materials or non-consensual posting of people's nudes. People should be able to do that. If I steal someone's laptop. And find intimate photos on it. I should, I sh- in a just world, according to these guys, I should be able to post those and not get banned and not and not have the links delinked or whatever, because that's true freedom of speech. Maybe, yeah. When the Biden campaign emailed and said, "Hey, could you take down these photos of uh, Hunter Biden's dick that he didn't want published on Twitter?" Twitter, in a just world, would have said, "No, they're already out there. We don't answer to anybody and just let everything go." Right. It sounds like what they want is for there to be no terms of service on these on these apps. That it should be a total, absolute free-for-all. Oh, and then Elon also thinks, and in spite of that, with people posting <laughs> snuff videos and child pornography and Nazi <laughs> propaganda, all corporate advertisers must continue to sponsor this platform. <laughs> right. It makes no sense to me. It's incoherent to me. I really do think that hating liberals breaks your brain. It just fucks up your brain. Something happens, man. Listen, and I'm not, I'm not like, you know, like, Tybee has his own issues, you know. I think um, when he got, when people tried to meet to him about a bunch of atrocious stuff he wrote back when he was like running a newspaper in Moscow, mm-hmm. I think that whole experience. Listen, I haven't spoken to Matt about this. I haven't spoken to Matt in years and years, but I kind of think that broke his brain and like flipped him over to being just a reactionary anti-liberal, which you could see. No, yeah, that not, happens all not, the time. Not that happens to people it. all the time. I'm just saying, yeah, you could you could see how people would lash out. Yeah. But this this whole Twitter file and then like a Friday night tweets, it's just like Well, maybe it's just maybe it's not that complicated. Maybe it's just simply about money. You know, if Elon Musk had come to us uh-huh. and said, I'm gonna let you guys release the Twitter files and the terms uh that we have to agree to is that we do a giant uh, Twitter thread. You couldn't do that because you're not on there because you're a hero, but I would do that. <laughs> right. And then we'd release all the other documents on our podcast. Basically giving us an exclusive. Theoretically, we could end up getting a whole lot more listeners and that would make us some money. And since money is all we care about. It's, it can't be that because Matt has plenty of money. He Matt does? does well. He, He's rich. Yeah. Matt does well for himself. Okay. As far as I know, this is all... T- Put a universal blanket, legally binding caveat over everything I'm saying about Matt. Right. But but as far as recollection serves, he's not hurting for money. He has like a trillion subscribers on Substack. 
Okay. Anyway, but and also, I, I mean, right. I don't think it's like a money thing. Obviously, Elon Musk did not pay Matt a million dollars to leak this stuff. I mean, to post this stuff. I mean, to no, analyze but, this but, stuff. But I mean, he may get a million more Twitter followers. Right. I really do think that anti-liberalism of a certain vehemence, it just fucks your head up, man. It really does. Such that it takes you down these route. Like there's plenty of stuff to criticize. Like why don't you go after Biden for the fucking over the railway workers? It's like this Hunter Biden laptop thing. Like when I was watching this unfold on Friday night, it was just – it was a little like embarrassing or just confusing or like what? This is like what's happening? This is it? I think it bombed. The way they framed it made it seem like, oh, shit, this is going to be an email of Joe Biden saying, number one, I am already secretly president. So, yes, this will mean I'm violating the First Amendment. (laughs) Number two, you must suppress and delink all negative articles about me and my son under threat of whatever forced government bankruptcy or dissolution or something. It was just like, I don't know. So do you think he went to Taibbi first or do you think he went to Glenn Greenwald? And now now uh, Barry Weiss is involved. <laughs> I know. When I saw that, I was like, this is great. This is getting really great. And she this was supposed really... to release a bunch of stuff last night. But that How is this happened. not on my fucking bingo card? Let me check my bingo card real quick because I still have my, yeah, I still my have my bingo card. card. Look, did you lose your bingo card? Yeah, I'm this place. Uh, under okay, so I had a couple Elon Musk um, squares on my bingo card. Elon Musk is removed from Tesla after making his own version of the P tape and selling it as an NFT. Elon Musk retweets an anti Pelosi NFT made by a cannibal, then doubles down and says he's starting an arts fund exclusively for cannibals. These were all made back in January, so this is before Elon Musk even okay. owned Twitter. Uh, Tesla sues a boutique pedal company for making a fuzz pedal that is shaped like the Cybertruck. Oh, that's actually. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one because the Cybertruck does kind of look like a weird pedal from the seventies. Yeah, uh, but no, I did not have. <laughs> Elon Musk buys Twitter for forty-four billion dollars, gets completely red pilled, and then takes some musty old, semi-controversial at best emails from the Biden campaign to Twitter, gives them to Matt Taibbi, and then and then recruits Barry Weiss to also help double down on this incredible story called the Twitter files that no normal human being would care about. Right. I mean, right. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I just feel like, I just feel like if you hate, if you hate Biden and you hate neoliberals and you hate media capture, this is not the, this is not the smoking gun to go after. You know, here's a point that somebody made and I cannot remember, but I thought it was a good point that this is just simply uh, the rights way of working the refs for the next time a big uh, scandal story breaks so that, you know, because clearly the next time this does happen, it's not going to get suppressed and it may very well end up being fake. But what's stunning to me, yeah, I don't know. This is, I mean, I can't help but think about it personally in terms of, of Matt, like what? And so like, what is Matt's goal here to he can't seriously believe this is the, a First Amendment violation the way Glenn Greenwald and Elon Musk are talking about, unless his brain is truly broken. Why don't you DM him? Why, why don't you send him an email? You know, I thought I honestly thought about that this weekend. Just send him a text and be like, bro, what is going on? Am I missing something here? But honestly, the thought of – I don't know. Because, you know, honestly, 
because I used to, you know, we used to be buddies and hang out and, and I admired a lot of his journalism, you know, and yeah, I always enjoyed. Stuff. Yeah. But I don't want, I don't, first of all, you, the you my real it. fear is that he won't write me back because he doesn't remember who I am. That's probably like my deep fear. I'm Dude, always afraid that, I'm always afraid that former, I'm always afraid that former friends will not remember who I am. Let's just, let's keep an open mind. Maybe, maybe they're holding back. And something big will come out. Maybe. But what what would it be? Jack is involved in QAnon. I mean, you know, they did accidentally dox his email. Yeah, that was a great... See, this is another argument why... This is why editors exist. Because that tweet thread on Friday night was fucking incomprehensible to me. Right. And then they, and then they unredacted emails. It was just like when Glenn Greenwald fucking screwed over reality winner it's like get these people some like be edited these but these guys that's the great thing about substack it's like you don't have to have an editor anymore and what was the rush that was the other thing you know normally when you're competing against all these other news organizations there's a rush to get it out right but he was being fed this he had an exclusive yeah so slow down and get it right instead of like we're we're it's going to happen at six p.m. and then five minutes before uh we might be delayed an hour because we're still we're double checking facts. Yeah, we're fact checking some <laughs> stuff here. Elon Musk has some poor slub from the from the app development. You know, he's like he doesn't have any employees anymore, so it's like people are doing all this random shit. He probably had some computer code engineer fact checking <laughs> fact checking news articles like who who. In the- <laughs> Who here is desperate enough to keep their international work visa that they can stop programming for a minute and, be, and become a become a fact checker? Um, well, some people say that they rushed it because of all the bad PR about Kanye West and and you know uh, the fucking Daily Stormer guy being allowed back on Twitter. Uh, I don't know. And the other and you know I hate to be disingenuous, but you know Taibbi admitted in his leaks that the Trump administration and remember, unlike Biden, Trump was l- actually the president of the United States at this point. Right was also was also entreating Twitter to take down tweets he didn't like. Yes, so I guess but the majority of Twitter donations to political campaigns went to the Democrats. I know, and that's when I was like, Checkmate. are these these guys are do these guys have the minds of children? Like Yeah. Like really I, mean, I know like, the people that guys. read their stuff, many do. Right. But do these guys believe it. I mean, even on the Joe Rogan subreddit, people were like, this is it? Bruh. Is that where you hang out now? Yeah. I'm, I don't I don't look at Twitter anymore. I'm, I've gone on to Greener Pastures, the Joe uh, Rogan subreddit. Yeah. No, it's inc- no on our on slash conspiracy. They were loving this story. They think it proves collusion and, and anti-constitutionalism at the highest level. Okay. On um, our st- all, just all the reactionary anti-liberal Subreddits, not just like our conservative, but just all, you know, all the, all the, all the podcasts hosted by little stinkers. They're all loving this because it just proves how evil the Democrats are. And it's like, guys, you don't need this to prove how, this is what drives me crazy. You don't need this to prove how evil the liberals are. And you're not going to sway anybody because this story is so inane and tiny, you know? Yeah. Maybe our brains are broken, and that's why we think these guys' brains are broken. Maybe it's one subset of broken-brained people thinking another subset of broken-brained people. I think it's more complex than than Hunter Biden dick pics. Um, I think it is more than that. I think big corporations, tech corporations, do have a lot of power to 
uh, to do things. Uh, right. So I think that's a story. I think it may be a Twitter story, but I don't think it's a, a story about the First Amendment or the Trump administration or the uh, or the Biden campaign. You're right. I'm characterizing all of this as an as a story that's designed to turn people against the Democrats. But I guess that's wrong. What it's really trying to do is turn. But people that's against, the thing. I don't know. What, I don't think they do have a. I think they just throw it out and see what people take from it. I, this story was always very convoluted. It was like, what is this story? It was just like, here it is. Let's see what let's see what people like. You know, I have to say the whole thing feel, feels a little disingenuous to me. The whole thing feels a little disingenuous to me, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Well, I uh, yeah, I hope Matt's okay. I hope you'll check in on him. I'm not checking in on Matt. Matt's fine. Matt's fucking loving life, I'm sure, right now. Okay. Um, Barry Weiss, though, I will check in on because Barry Weiss and I also use our old friends and I do have her number. What? So I'll definitely check. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. She's awesome. John, just when you thought things couldn't get worse, we're moving now from the subject of the Twitter files to the subject of what has happened to UNC basketball and football teams in the last week. John, take it away. Uh, well, UNC played in the ACC championship game in Charlotte in football. Uh, excuse uh, me. It's called the Subway ACC championship game? Yes, that is <laughs> Or else they won't know true. what you're talking about. That's right. Take it again. Uh, UNC played in the Subway ACC championship game in Charlotte versus the Clemson Tigers. It was UNC's only second time in this game. And, uh, you know, it, it was an opportunity to win its first ACC championship since 1980. And I had predicted that UNC was going to win because I thought that that would be the most absurd thing, considering that UNC was spiraling, that they would come out and play really well. And they started out great, went right down the field, scored a touchdown. Clemson looked terrible. The quarterback was awful. It was going to be total vindication for your thrillingly hot take from last week that set everyone on fire. That's right. Uh, So they pulled out their starting quarterback and put in the second string quarterback. He played the rest of the game and Clemson ended up winning 39 to 10. Mm. UNC now has three losses in a row. The Heisman candidate, Drake May, uh, who was playing so well in the last three games, which have all been losses. He's thrown one touchdown, had three interceptions. Um, UNC is now 0-4 against backup quarterbacks this season, 9-0 against starting quarterbacks. Interesting. Once again, UNC just does not play well in primetime when, uh, you know, there is a target on their back. When UNC is unranked, the their record over the last four seasons is 20 and 12. Got a great record when they're unranked. When they are ranked, 10 and 9. Only Texas has a worse record. That's got to be than, psychological. Than That's yeah. self-sabotage. Something's going on there. Something's going on. They need on cognitive there. behavioral therapy. I recommend CBT for the entire team. Yeah. So they're going to end up playing Oregon in the Holiday Bowl in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl in San Diego. Say that's that again. Good, that's a, that's, that's a that's glorious a, name. That's an amazing sponsor. Yeah. Say it again. The San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. 
Well, good for a credit union for getting involved. Why, why should it always be these big evil banks? I support credit yeah. unions. No, it's just an I'm into that. individual county. Um, and they will be playing Oregon. Oregon is ranked 12th in the computer rankings, and UNC is now ranked 55. What? Uh, there, there are 65 Power 5 conference teams. Um, so that tells you that UNC is probably one of the worst in the Power 5. How the mighty have fallen. Uh, so that's going to be a loss. UNC will was 9-1 and one and is going to end the season 9-5. and five. But meanwhile, the preseason number one ranked UNC men's basketball team. Surely they're off to a better start. Well, they started off a little shaky, but they did win their first five games. They have now lost four in a row, which is uh, one of the worst starts ever in the 112 Ugh. years of UNC basketball. And at this point, you would say they're probably a bubble team uh, mm-hmm. in terms of even making the tournament. So you have to go all the way back to the 2002 season to find a worse start. Uh, that season, the team started out four and five and went on to finish eight and 20. So I don't think that's going to happen this year, but uh, I, I, I am extremely concerned. So UNC men's athletics is not, their two top, their two uh, marquee teams are not doing so well right now. That's right. But the UNC women's basketball team is doing great. The field hockey team just won the national championship. And tonight, there you go. tonight, yes, the UNC women's soccer team is playing for the national championship versus the UCLA Bruins. Where are they playing that? In Cary, North Carolina. Really? In Cary? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. The women are getting it done. That's right. The men have failed. Madison Cawthorn, your dire prophecy has come to pass. These metrosexual athletes can't get the job done. They're not dangerous. They need to be dangerous and respected. And instead, they're just drinking triple mocha iced latte chais with pink panties on top. That's the most metrosexual thing you can do is order a fancy coffee drink with some pink panties on top of it. Yeah. John, last week we mused about what it would take for the Boston Celtics to win the ACC football championship. I was talking about it in a humorous manner because I assumed it was beyond the realm of possibility. But if the Twitter files have taught us anything, John, it's that even the darkest, most depraved fantasies of right-wingers are sure to come to pass in the shadowy truths that are manipulated by social media companies and the Biden administration. And lo, my sports hypothetical was no different. Someone posted on our Discord, which is available to Patreon members, a scenario in which the Boston Celtics actually do win the ACC football championship. Now, we have not asked permission of, from this person to read this aloud, so we're not going to credit them by name. But I do want to share this information with you because it is so shocking and world-shattering, it cannot be kept under wraps a moment longer. And we're not even going to wait till Friday night to put it in some incomprehensible Twitter thread. We're going to release it as a block. John, will you read this scenario for our listeners? The scenario is Boston Celtics' Derek White and Marcus Smart, two football enthusiasts, begin a Celtics-based football club on the offseason in 2022. On weekends, they have open practices at Auerbach Center, and the pickup games among the ballplayers become a massive favorite locally. 
Eventually, the Gillette Company approaches the Celtics about sponsoring a football game charity fundraiser between the Celtics squad and the storied Boston College team. The Gillette Celtics Eagles Classic becomes a beloved yearly gridiron tradition held at Alumni Stadium, solidifying the partnership between the two organizations. Meanwhile, the New England private school football crisis of 2020X, fueled by declining enrollment and skyrocketing insurance rates, hits home in the region and a number of private schools in their football programs. Boston College is among them, and there is a mass outrage in the alumni community. President Warren brokers a negotiation between the leadership of Boston College and Boston Basketball Partners, LLC, to allow a first-of-its-kind licensing agreement. The Boston Celtics will sponsor an in-house professional football team composed of part-time student-athletes that will play under Celtics branding on Boston College's behalf. The college saves face, and the Celtics are able to move in on the Patriots' merchandising action. The Celtics enter the Atlantic Coast Conference the next season. That year... Boston defeats Clemson for the championship, and the Boston Celtics are the 2020X ACC football champions. They said it couldn't be done, but I had a vision, and the naysayers have fallen away. This is how the Boston Celtics win the ACC championship in football. This is incredible. It is. Is this person like a CIA analyst? Because that's the type of thing the CIA does. They just come up with right. All they these... write up all these different scenarios. Yeah. Here's what happens if China invades Kansas. Blah 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 blah. This feels so believable to me. This person might must be an analyst. No. Remember when I showed this to you? You said you read halfway through it before you realized. Yeah, that. I just thought right. he was describing something that had actually happened. Tone writing with confidence is. Um, that's that's a you can go a long way. Yeah. If you speak declaratively about things, many idiots will believe you. I think I learned that myself <laughs> through this Discord post and I we also saw this play out in real time over the past week with the Twitter files. You speak with authority, a lot of people will fall in line and just believe what you're saying, especially if it confirms their prior prejudices and and umbrages. No, you're right. I mean, you know, last night Sports Illustrated uh posted a video of Steph Curry hitting five full court shots in a row and it was fake but I fell for it because my priors are that Steph Curry is really good you know he hit like yeah he can hit anything right 31 uh three-point shots in practice in a row a few years ago so but the whole thing was fake I was, I was really embarrassed that I you fell for it. I did, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fall for fake stuff. Well, the the stats tell a different story. What tells a different story? The stats. What you keep? Were you keeping stats? Well, because you fell for the Steph Curry thing. That's a stat, right? Yeah, I did, and I fell for the Drew Brees getting struck by lightning because again, I'm terrified of getting struck by lightning. Yep. And that turned out to be what, a viral marketing? Why is everything so damn dumb? Yeah. And you know what? The reason why I fell for that is because Twitter sent me an alert. So it popped up on my Twitter as an alert. If I'd seen it in my timeline, I would have known. But it popped up as an alert and I was out in a store and I looked at it and then I immediately sent it to you guys. 
All right. Well, we'll see what happens in the future. That's all I have to say about everything. We'll just see what happens in the future. The future. John, what a week it was. And what, a, what and I can't wait for next week because more amazing things are going to happen. Oh, I want to say something else before we wrap up. Yeah. I got way behind on um, sending out stickers to our new Patreons because of the Thanksgiving holiday. But um, if you have signed up for Patreon and you haven't received anything in the mail, you you will shortly. Thanks to everyone who signed up. It's patreon.com slash election profit makers. Uh, do we want to tease that we're going to have a uh, special Patreon episode coming up in the next few weeks? As for songs about numbers, we are planning our special Patreon episode about that very topic. We hope to post that in the next few weeks. So again, we ask for your indulgence and your patience as we compile the definitive list of the best ever songs about numbers. And boy, do we have a lot of submissions. I think we probably have gotten more emails about this than than any any other topic. topic. Yeah. Yeah. This might become a podcast just about numbers because I, the more I think about these fucking numbers, the more agitated I get. Right. You know? They're a big part of, of life. It's so true. And yet you can easily imagine someone who could go through life having no concept of numbers, right? Couldn't you do that? Uh, I think you could do that in certain constrained conditions. You could have a human go through life being completely unaware of numbers. But the only way he could do it is if they just had one of everything. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, they could never see anything in a multiple. Not even their own teeth, you but know? That's the thing. Make... We we are we have two of everything. So it's like grab this with one hand or two hands. They're like, "What?" Yeah, they would have to be a stick. Okay. If a human could be a stick, I'm going to work on this, but my new theory is that if a human took the form of a stick, then they could go through life having no concept of numbers. Remember that book, Flatland, and it was about people living in two-dimensional space? That always made me so mad because there's no way that could happen. Why not? Because they could still see each other even in the two-dimensional space, but in order to see each other, it implied a third dimension no matter how slight or else how would you know? What would you be? What would be leaving a visual impression if it was truly two-dimensional? I remember reading that book and getting so mad. Yeah, only another person could. I'm misremembering Flatland. I don't want to talk about. I don't want a bunch of. I don't want a bunch of Flatland dead enders up in my mentions telling me I misunderstood Flatland. Forget right. I mentioned Flatland. Forget I mentioned it. Forget okay. everything about it. Just yeah. Okay. Do the credits. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. You can send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Reminder, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Bingo bango. Yeah. Bye. Bye.